Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dominic D'Angelo of AdFreeShows.com and SE Scoops, several other things I do to RVD Pod, whatever, whatever. But I am here today for on a Tuesday. It is rumor and innuendo with former WWE writer and WWE creative-ish, Mr. Robert Karplus. Robert, hey, welcome back, man. Welcome back. You guys, if you were not watching this on video, the delight in Dom's eye that he figured out how to transition from the the opening video to us popping on screen like a kid on Christmas. So happy to be here uh, and uh, give our first shout out for those folks in the chat to Christopher Zanto. Good morning and afternoon, folks. It's time for our daily fix of Billy in the CW. Woot, woot. Uh, Chris, we would have had time to talk about it, but you put that second woot in there and it just ate up. And we've got the time constraints. Huge... We're on a schedule here, man. We got a huge show today. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. First of all, Dom, I gotta, I gotta give you your flowers. Uh, insane positive feedback from the from our first show yesterday. People digging what we're doing. They love having you here. A lot of positivity in it. Uh, welcome, hell of an addition, and uh, thank you. Well, thank you, Robert. It's been fun to do. And like uh, the first episode was uh, in the books, and uh, it, uh, yeah, the reception was great. I'm super flattered, and it's uh, it's been just a positive experience. And this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. So I'm hoping I can exude that enthusiasm as we go on too. And Robert, you, you're a great tag team partner, so I appreciate it. Love it. Let's uh, let's get down. It's look. It's the day after Raw. Hell of a lot of stuff to unpack. We're on the road to WrestleMania, Dom. That's it. That's it. We got a lot to cover too. And yeah, not only that, but there's some outside of uh, WWE stuff too. Uh, this Today we're going to be talking about Tony Khan actually talks about the Vince McMahon allegations, kind of, sort of. And then we also, I wanted to bring up too, uh, Scott Demore getting fired last week. Uh, that's uh, such a touchy topic there going yes. on. Um, Cody and Drew is booked for next week on Raw, while Jey Uso is going to be taking on Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Plus we have uh, the two qualifying matches uh, for the men's uh Elimination Chamber and Lashley and LA Knight, they both qualify. And then obviously we're gonna kick this off here with the big segment of the of W Raw last night was Cody and Seth seem to form an alignment as we've kind of seen there. So uh yeah, Robert, uh give me your initial thoughts on uh, what you saw uh for that that whole aspect of it coming out. So Cody went out there and it's a it's a high wire act of what he is trying to do right now because you are trying to build Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes 
as the story, the match everybody wants to see, that everybody has wanted to see since day one, while at the same time acknowledging it took a little bit of a circuitous path. Uh, you've got the issues with Cody and The Rock. You've got the issues of Cody kind of brushing Seth to the side, addressing the Cody crybabies, addressing the support. He seemed genuinely emotional and, and choked up at certain points, which was a nice touch. The We Want Cody chants were very vocal. I didn't love the joke about Chicken McNuggets that felt a little too like old Roman Reigns suffering succotash. A little bit. Let's, let's pull back from that. It's kind of the, uh, the, the, the rule from what I understand in improv is you don't want to go in with something already preloaded. It's just what it comes off the top of your head. So when it's programmed like that, it felt weird. What Cody did that was beautiful before Seth even came out there was he talked about The Rock and he said, you know, yes, I, I took counsel from The Rock. I listened to him. Um, we, we were good. We were on the same page. But then during that press conference, he became this malevolent rock, this idea that he is no longer altruistic and doing what's best for the people, but he's somebody who's being personal and vindictive and coming after Cody. And that, folks, is the shift that you are getting to quasi sort of heel rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're getting that vibe. And I think that further hammers the point home too. And something that uh, I forgot to mention too, about the, the kickoff was, and uh, that might've got like a little bit of an oversight was when the rock was saying, um, showing that family tree and stuff like that. He was like, this is the only family that basically matters in pro wrestling. And uh, like already like kind of setting that foundation for what we're going to see that night. And then what Cody followed up with here on raw, but yeah, it was kind of neat because like what you were saying, like the Cody Cryberries, he kind of embraced that even a little bit more. And WWE was showing the fan signs like Cody, I'm a Cody Crybaby, and certain things like that. But yeah, um, I think, uh, what they were showing when it comes to the rock slapping Cody and then him going back to finally addressing it, being like, I'm going to hit him back. And, um, kind of just matter of factly. And uh, so, yeah, I think that was a very uh, compelling part and established Cody well to be like, hey, he's going to fire back at him. So uh, I think a good setup, you know? That worked. Seth, so Seth's a little, he's a little problematic in general because unlike Cody, unlike Punk, when they talk, you believe it. Mm -hmm. Seth is not Captain America. He is not a rah-rah baby face. He's either the the screechy cowardly architect or he's this knockoff of the joker or he's wacky freddie mercury but when he's trying to be earnest and honest and and talk from the heart it feels disingenuous in the same way babyface roman never fully connect because that was not who he was so seth's promo at first was a little shaky but he got there he got to the the buzzy line that everybody is talking about that you know, I created this Roman Reigns uh, monster, and now he's fused with The Rock. So I'm going to step in and be your shield. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did it work for you? It worked for me, yeah. And I thought, too, to what you're saying, too, it's like Seth kind of has been all over the place as a persona when it comes to, like, you know, and he even said all the names that he had, like the monikers that he carried and stuff like that before. But I think... Him, his delivery made it, I thought it was a little bit more organic and believable when it comes to this stuff. And I think this is kind of finding more of his groove when it comes to something that he, a little meat on the bone for him because he has a history with Roman and he has that uh, history with Cody as well. And um, kind of merging those together and him, I think he did a well execution on this overall. And um, I think 
uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, Robert. I think he kind of reestablished himself after the press conference there. And then in turn, establishing that world heavyweight title and the, what that means too, uh, just indirectly. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I, I think that couple with sorry, as a, as a comment here from Brian Haremza that sort of echoes a little bit. It says, it seems that a tag is being set up with Seth injured. We just let him have two matches to just have Seth in his corner for the title oh, match. Um, so yeah, so to your point, to Brian's point, Seth has to establish that the world heavyweight title is incredibly important. And the, the world heavyweight title is important to everybody, but Cody, who's on his specific mission to win a very specific title. And the challenge and you have two championships is trying to make them both feel equal. Um, the elimination chamber focus is making the title feel important. I don't, I don't want to see a tag match per se, because number one, I don't necessarily know that, uh, you you continue the mystique of Roman and Cody not touching until night two in the main event because a lot of people are like, hey, I just saw it. Uh, and the second part is, what if it's no good? Uh, what if The Rock is not in the, the shape that he needs to be in and you get a lesser than match and it dampers, it dampens that big moment that we're supposed to get to conclude Mania? Everybody at this point wants to see fireworks going off, Cody holding up the title, hugging his family, hugging his dog. What a moment. But if you saw the first night and then the second night, it's it's diminished returns. And I think that is my concern with doing a, a tag match. You know, that's a really great point. And I didn't even think of that. The aspect that, hey, you're already, you're we're getting Roman and Cody night two, more, more than likely. and But you're already setting it up with that. They're all going to mix it up the night one. So it's like, Okay, you got that big pop starting off on night one with everybody coming on out. You're going to get a big pop night two, but still, it's not going to pack as much as a punch. I kind of think about like when Austin came out several times uh, a couple WrestleManias ago. He still got a huge pop, but it was just like, you know, he was there already. So it's like, you know, exactly. you kind of run into that complication a little bit. But uh, I think, yeah. So how would you do it then? Would you have just Seth be like simply, I'm going to be in your corner and the Rock's for Roman, I'm going to be in your corner, and and there. No, you go. I think Seth Seth's going to have his own. He's going to have his own story, which it looks like is probably going to be some form of Drew McIntyre. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's got his own focus. I would not be shocked if they did night one, Cody and Rock, to settle the personal issue, and then be able to move to Cody and Roman night two. Um, Seth wrestling two nights, given that he's just coming off of injury. We don't know what condition he's going to be in. You got to get the match in the ring. And the match that has the most value for Seth is defending the title. Mm -hmm. yeah, the 100%. only way, the only way it makes sense to do a tag match night one is if the idea is that you're going to so severely weaken Seth Rollins that Drew beating him is going to be like a 40 second match. Right. And he's going to be all messed up. His knees hurt. He has an out. He has an excuse. It's a possibility. I'm just, I, I like, everybody gets one match, uh, obviously with the exception of potentially doing Cody Rock, which I think is big enough to work for two. And Cody can work two nights in a row and tell two different stories, which is disrespecting the guy who disrespected my family and then winning the title so that Dusty can be happy, which all Dusty cares about, let's be honest, guys. You know, he wants, he wants the payday. Whatever, whatever's going to get his son the, the highest. But I love Dusty. Loved working with Dusty. But the thing that will make him the most proud is 
is he going to get uh is he going to get paid quick shout out here to too hard and fierce hey dom saw the tweet Ooh. figured i'd check you out man welcome to the show happy to have you here click this guy he's a click this guy so thank you thank you too hard too fierce. appreciate it man yeah dude um yeah, I think Dusty wants um, Cody to dine with kings and queens more so than anything else. So uh, it should be an interesting how they make it play out. And I think you're very, being really pragmatic about how it all should kind of lay out too, Robert. Like there's a lot of things I didn't factor in. Like Seth, like the commenter made, Seth being injured is a factor potentially. So it's like how how much juice can you really get out of him? And hey, The Rock, you know, it's not like he's an active wrestler, you know, too much. So it's getting him back in the ring too is a question mark too. So um Lots to factor in there. Um, it's a lot of factor in. There's a lot of question marks. But one area where there should not be a question mark, folks, is in the bedroom. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. It's a day before Valentine's Day. You want to be armed. You want to be prepared. So let's think back to the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Get it? Because it, it's it's an erection joke. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, no, I know. That's mm -hmm. that's that's what it's there for. So you guys can have one ready for night one of Mania, one ready for night two of Mania, so you can celebrate both Cody victories. Uh, but Blue Chew, Blue Chew Dom, wants to help you and all of our listeners have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we have a special offer for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free. When you use our promo code RUMOR at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code RUMOR, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring this podcast. Yes, thank you, BlueChew. Chew it and do it, baby. I like it. I like it. We can chew it and do it here. Let's chew a little bit on the elimination qualifiers there, Robert. Uh, so lot, Bobby, <laughs> look at you busting the, the seamlessness out there. We're <laughs> weaving it through, guys. This is like uh, it's like a hot knife through butter. Oh, real quick shout out to a friend of the Kev show, Kellum, Kevin baby. Kellum. Good to see you, man. My uh, WrestleZone alumni fellow, <laughs> WrestleZone alumni, been on Wrestle Roast before. Awesome guy, nice to see you there. Elimination Chamber qualifying matches where we all pretend that it's not just going to be Drew. <laughs> right that's that's the factor coming into play so yeah bobby lashley beat bronson reed uh pretty cleanly in a hard-hitting match um and then we also had uh whatchamacallit uh you did have a whatchamacallit huh uh, uh we've got uh so lashley bronson reed yes interesting finish mm -hmm. yeah I think everybody armchair creative guys uh would have thought well it's in Australia. You got to put Bronson Reed in the in the chamber. Well, you got Carrion Cross and the Authors of Pain floating around. Clearly, they're going to attack Lashley, and that's going to help Bronson Reed win. And instead, we got the opposite. Uh, we got uh, Lashley winning. We got uh, a little later on L.A. Knight beating Ivar. What my takeaway was, because I was surprised when AJ Styles lost or they even did the match of aj against uh against drew yeah right so surprised seeing aj lose i was surprised seeing sammy lose i was surprised seeing bronson lose and then i started thinking 
there's something going on here. Mm. My guess, amateur quarterback, amateur creative-ish guy, not on the payroll anymore, despite what some people online like to think. Um, <laughs> someone who's qualifying for this chamber is not making it into the chamber. I think they've set up an L.A. Knight, A.J. Styles dynamic from SmackDown last week with A.J. feeling like L.A. Knight cost him the, the win. Uh, and more importantly, I think you've set up the carrying cross and the authors of pain who attacked Lashley at Rumble uh, may take Lashley out. So if one of those guys get taken out, you have a chance to do a second chance fatal four way, second chance six man, whatever it may be, because Bronson Reed went on social media, went on X, and he tweeted out an apology to his family and his friends and his countrymen for letting them all down. You can hear the sad trombone when he walks away. Sammy Zayn. music playing. <laughs> Incredible Hulk music playing. Sami Zayn has consistently now been this guy who has been disappointment after disappointment. And you have to look at long-term storytelling. He lost his match against Seth Dumb. He lost uh, his, his, his friendship with Drew, and then Drew took him out, put him on the shelf. Comes back at the Rumble. He's number 30. He loses at the Royal Rumble. He gets a chance to redeem himself in the Elimination Chamber. He loses. He then gets challenged by Nakamura in the main event of Raw. He loses. There's something going on with what the what story they're telling with Sami Zayn. And it's why I have confidence in the Triple H era. But you kind of have to step back and look a little bit. And you, you can't have the knee-jerk reactions we used to have under, under Vince's regime. You got to look at the chessboard and say, well, there's a lot of guys in this chamber that you didn't think were going to be there. And there's a lot of people that aren't in the chamber who still have a story to tell. It's a lot of interesting places that this could possibly go. So you're 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 trying to build to mania. If you're building AJ Styles LA Knight, which is an option, and you're mm -hmm. building Lashley and the Street Profits against Karrion Cross and the Authors of Pain, leveraging the chamber is absolutely the way to do that. Right. Oh, you're blowing some minds. You blew my mind. You blew Antonio Santos's mind. Never thought of those scenarios, Robert. So mind blown. Yeah, uh, a lot of down on their luck. Top talents kind of happening. You got AJ Styles, you got Sami Zayn, uh, you name it. And then Bronson Reed. It's Yeah, where is this all kind of coming to fruition here? And I don't think, you know, it seems like a paint-by-numbers thing, you know, just on the surface. You know, hey, okay, this is all set up. But there's a lot of, there's some layers underneath there, Robert. You, you called them out, baby. I like There's it. a lot of moving parts, and it, it keeps it a little bit more interesting because when you, when you know where you're going with the destination – uh, sometimes the journey can be fun, but sometimes having a little bit of, uh, of upheaval, like we guys, we, we know we're, we're all, we're all in the trust circle. We're all friends here. We know it's going to be Becky and Rhea, at, yeah, right. at Mania, but we have to pretend that Nia Jax is a thing. There's always the possibility Nia recklessly injures Rhea, which we've seen happen, unfortunately in the past with, with people, but they set it up enough motivation for Nia and, and Becky, if they wrestle, Liv Morgan, her story going to the chamber with the I was injured by Rhea, I want to get my revenge. They're they're trying to give people motivations and stories. And, and Dom, one of the successes of the Attitude Era was everybody had something going on. They had something to do. They weren't just, not that I'm casting aspersions in any other company, thrown out there for a random match and then not seen for like seven months. How are you, Action Andretti? <laughs> Holy smokes, that's his name. <laughs> All right, Tom, where, where, are we, where are we driving next on this yeah, uh, road so to rumor and innuendo? 
Yes, let's go to Scott D'Amore. I wanted, I like completely wanted to include this on the first episode, but uh, forgot because there's so much stuff going on and a lot to cover. But he was fired from TNA unexpectedly. Um, I can't remember the the individual's name. Anthony Cioni, I think Cicioni uh, is the new CEO or whoever it is. And now, um, now Scott's out. What do you think about it, Robert? It's just a wild move, I think, to make it such a transitional period for TNA. So. Yeah, Scott Demore was kind of the guy you thought of when you thought of of TNA. And there's been some speculation as to what theoretically occurred with Scott's departure, but it sounds like it came down to economics and business. Anthem, as the owner of TNA, it's been a it's been a long road to hoe for those guys. And Scott has turned this company around significantly even within the past year. Right. Bringing in Fantastic talent in front of the camera, bringing great talent behind the scenes. I'll be biased. Uh, Lance Storm is there. I think the world of that guy, I think he's one of the best minds in the history of wrestling for how to put together a match. And they've made themselves a truly viable entity. Scott wanted more money from Anthem to be able to enhance the product even further. And Anthem said, hey, we love what you're doing. We want to give you less. And Scott Demore has independent wealth. This felt a little bit like a Bischoff WCW situation where he even contemplated buying the company himself. Anthem had no interest in giving up the property. And it sounds like they they said, you know, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Your services are no longer needed. TNA cannot help but be TNA. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's, they have endured for a very long time. But every time it seems like we're, we're, we're all set, it turns into ready, fire, aim. And the relationship Scott was building with WWE, with, we saw Jordan Grace in the Rumble, which was, was really fantastic. Um, the opportunities with the talent that they are using that had been criminally underutilized, like bringing in a Mustafa Ali uh, and, and using Nick Nemeth and and taking some of those strategic pieces to elevate the the wrestlers that they currently have a guy like josh alexander who's just absolutely incredible or moose it's it's really sad if you're a tna fan and you got your hopes up it is and like scott has done such a beautiful job to at like kind of uh converging the nostalgia aspect of TNA with the modern product of and the modern talent. Like you have, you had Alex Shelley going on that world title run. You had Chris Sabin be the X division champion. You, you had all these other names that were kind of like, you know, Eddie Edwards all in the core of it all and stuff like that. But then you got, yeah, new talent like Josh Alexander. And then you have these people making cups of coffee there when it comes to like Will Ospreay and Okada and, and different names like that popping in there wanting to, elevating that product plus that power town wrestling figure deal was like uh facilitated between magnum ta and scott Moore. like that, that he was the reason for that and what you just mm. said too geez the WWE connection it's like you have those wrestling minds there and when you remove somebody like that somebody in a corporate structure is not going to be able to make those kind of handshake deals that happen suddenly to that kind of thing so it's it's interesting what do you think's next for scott before we move on to the next topic what would you like um to see? I know there's some rumblings that uh, the former president of stardom who got ousted for potential tampering was looking to start a promotion. Maybe he brings in Scott. I think Scott as a complimentary piece in NXT as a guy to help with developing and scouting young talent could be interesting. There are a number of other smaller promotions out there 
who can boost themselves pretty significantly by having Scott be be an eye and an ear, whether that's helping out in, in an OVW, uh, in an MLW, uh, our friends at the NWA. You know, Scott Demore, guys, he might be able to nudge NWA off the CW app and put that sucker right on CW. But, you know, we'll see. We'll keep that space open in case we have any further Billy and the CW uh, news with with uh, with Scott Demore. That's just rumor and innuendo on our part here, guys. You know, if I, if that happened, it would make me tune into CW once again after uh, Smallville's been long gone and what have you. It's just get that back. Get the Get the NWA back to prominence, and Scott D. Moore can facilitate that. Make that. I don't think out. I've watched CW since uh, since we had SmackDown on. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably the same with me, too, to be honest. I didn't even watch Smallville. I was just making a joke. It's the same reason I only watched UPN. All due <laughs> respect to Homeboys in Outer Space and uh, Shasta McNasty, uh, or my favorite, my favorite by of all time is on UPN when we were on it. We used to have to do promos for other shows uh-huh. and make it seamless. And if you thought our Blue Chew stuff was solid, making Taz, who I love, having to somehow weave in what's going on on this week's episode of Girlfriends brought me. <laughs> it's just the, the, the action in the ring's hard hitting, Cole, but not as hard hitting as what happens to the girls on Girlfriends. <laughs> oh, my God. It is just. It's out there on the network. Go back, look for some of those those plugs if they're still in there on old UPN episodes of SmackDown. Uh, Chef's Kiss, just the absolute best. Commentary is not an easy job, guys. No, it is not an easy uh, thing to do. Taz on UPN was the the height of the art form. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I want to next episode. I kind of want to touch on a little bit of the commentary aspect of what we've been seeing lately. It's a It's a pretty interesting landscape right now, especially in WWE. But, hey, we'll close it out with this. Um, Tony Khan talks about the Vince McMahon allegations uh, in an interview with Fansided. uh, Here's the quote, Robert. uh, Transcribed via Fightful. So thanks to our friends at Fightful for this. I cannot comment on the terrible allegations uh, against WWE right now. Uh, that's something people are paying a lot of attention to right now with good reason for us. First and foremost, trying to create a safe locker room environment for everybody, women and men. We have a really good bond. I think we have a great locker room and everybody knows there's a support system there. There's a lot of channels. I think everybody feels very good about having a safe place and a safe workspace. And there are people you can talk to. There are people in the office, but even on the wrestling side for us, I think it's the most important thing in any office of any workplace. It's just having a lot of people that will listen and want to make the company safe and a good place to work. You know, Tony Khan has been notorious for having a lot of non-comments, long-winded non-comments. And uh, I think this is what is an appropriate run actually there, Robert, what do you think? Yeah, I think he, there's, it's easy for somebody to, to try to win points, score a touchdown off of this, uh, you know, you want to if Tony wanted to dunk on Vince, this would have been an opportunity to do that. I think he took a really uh, he took he took the high road. He took a very classy approach to this. As for the I can't comment on it. He's not part of the lawsuit. Of course, he can comment on it. Anybody who's not directly named on there can theoretically uh, comment on their opinion of the allegations. But his idea of the safe locker room, we've joked about this for. A long time now about the backstage issues in in AEW, uh, the the allegations that he had of, of CM Punk that he was fearing for his life because of the backstage fight. 
it was a little was a little laughable. The way that kind of brawl out was handled was a little challenging. But it does sound like there is an earnest and honest commitment on his end that if if wrestlers, male or female or, or talent, have a complaint, have an issue, there are channels for them to be able to to properly report that. And it's tough, unlike WWE, where you had a, a, a home office, you had a corporate headquarters, you had HR. Uh, we, we when, when I was there, run by a woman named Palma Brax, uh, which was she was like a terrifying dinosaur, was what was what that name was, and she was even more scary. Um, people had ways to go and and report things. Um, as for whether that was as effective for the talent at WWE at that time, completely debatable. Um, I'd never heard of anything while I was there. Things are now coming out after the fact. But Tony's commitment to we have people you can go talk to. It's a safe space and there's not going to be a retaliation against you for it is the most important aspect. Uh, Anytime you're working in any sort of uh, office environment, especially in sports and sports and entertainment, and I've worked in sports most of my life, the idea of. Well, there's locker room etiquette and then there's real life etiquette or it's boys being boys or any of that. doesn't sound like he's putting up with any of that nonsense. And hopefully, you know, that that's what's being echoed to the talent. And they feel that there is a real openness. My concern for Tony in, in, you know, making these sorts of comments is it does invite people to potentially turn around and say, you know, sour grapes. I'm not happy with X, Y and Z. You know, we, we saw the way he handled the issue with big swole. That was always what people kind of jump back to. And like things could have been handled a little better, a little differently. But I, I truly believe from this comment that Tony is, is committed to where we're a safe place to work, where we're a positive place to work. And if there is an issue, there are avenues and people you can talk to. And there's a lot of really quality, solid people working backstage in AEW. I mean, Brian Daniels and Christopher Daniels just jumped to my mind. Uh, as being awesome guys. And I'm still heartbroken about uh, my all-time favorite, Mr. QT Marshall, not being there. Love us some QT, dumb. <laughs> you know, you got to love some QT. No, I think to your point, Robert, um, you know, P- Tony gets criticized for his booking aspects and a lot of yes, that. Yes, he does. That, but uh, he greatly appreciates the talent that he has a lot of the times. And I think, uh, you know, is very considerate of how they're feeling in the, in those situations. And I think that's kind of, He's had a track record of that throughout the majority of the AEW. Obviously, some missteps overall sometimes, but uh, overall, that's kind of what he's doing. So, and I think his words are genuine here. So, yeah, pretty darn interesting. Uh, it was a safe move to do too. Think the appropriate move to make. Um, yes, and hopefully he doesn't tweet anything else out. That's uh, you know, like between now and when we you know push end of stream. <laughs> right. I don't know <laughs> no, if he's no. got like a a gif of somebody in like handcuffs. He's like, "That's you, Vince." You never know. <laughs> It depends on the day. It depends on the ratings uh, and how strong he feels Commander versus J.D. Drake is going to draw. We're going to get Johnny Sachs' gif going in where he gets arrested, and uh, that's what's going to happen on Sopranos. So. You put that <laughs> well, out that's there. what we'll see coming you, up. You put it, uh, no, no Sopranos, because this past weekend I went and saw Frankie Valli live. Oh, well, yeah. I was like, oh, Frankie was on the Sopranos. But Frankie Valli, Frankie Valli, from what I understand from this show that I saw, died 10 years ago and nobody told him. Um <laughs> He like putters out onto the stage and he's holding the microphone at his waist and he forgot that I guess he lip syncs, which I didn't know. Mm. And he just forgot to hold the microphone up to his mouth. So it was kind of like Funaki and Indeed. But <laughs> watching Frankie Valley sing, um, 
bless that bless that poor old man uh let him take a nap guys whoever your handlers are let the man rest but we don't have time to rest man we are we are out of time here today we are we are robert uh, john plug away what other where else can we find you Ply your wares, whore yourself out, Dom. Yes, you can find me writing some articles over at scscoops.com, but you can also find me co-hosting One of a Kind with RVD, Rob Van Dam, every week. We drop every Monday night at 4.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's yeah, I, see what, I, see what, I see what you did there. Yeah, so new episode just debuted. We talk about McFoley retiring, and Rob has it makes an interesting case for maybe him to be his last match. So... Tune into that, but I also, uh, Tuesday is the day Magnum and TA, uh, straight talk with the boss, Magnum TA and Greg Gagne drop. So, uh, be sure to hit that. You can follow RVD, go to rvdtv.com. You can go to Gagne and Magnum.com, subscribe to both those, hit likes, free YouTube channels, free content, always fun to have there. Follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Uh, that's about it, Robert. What do you got for us? Well, um, we've added some ways for you to be able to watch the show, depending on how you are watching or listening to this today. I want to make sure you understand all of the incredible ways that you can catch rumor and innuendo. Uh, we are streaming on my Twitter account, WWCreative underscore ISH. We're also streaming at Dominic D'Angelo. We are streaming at SE Scoops, who are part of our rumor and innuendo empire. Uh, we are on uh, Podcast Heats. Access. This is a, a podcast heat production. Uh, we are on the ad free shows YouTube page as well as the rumor and innuendo YouTube page. If you are not subscribed on there so you can check this out, go ahead and do that. Go on uh, Spotify, go on, on, on iTunes. Do me a favor, folks, on, on the Spotify gimmick. Previously, the, the, the show was a little was uh, review bombed by some folks that had some issues with things that occurred way, way, way back in the past. Brand new, exciting world that we are in here. Brand new home. Go on in there. Give us five stars. Uh, you know, help it out a little bit. Help the help the algorithms. I don't know how any of the numbers work. Uh, I just show up in a little box and I talk pro wrestling. But uh, I've got my other podcast, Wrestle Roasts, which comes out every Friday. Uh, but more importantly, man, this is your destination, guys, with, with Dom and myself every day, Monday through Friday at noon Eastern. Uh, tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Make, yeah. make that enemy your friend. Make a lot of enemies and make friends out of those enemies. How about that? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, on behalf of the magnanimous, friendly Dominic D'Angelo, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.